0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, he told them this parable. Which one of you... Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? Can everybody look right here at my nose? Very good. Some of you may be wondering, what's all this food doing here? And we talked about it last week, and we'll talk about it again this week. This food is food that we're collecting here at church, and it's going to go to some place called a food pantry. Now, some of you might have pantries at home where you keep your food. Some of you might keep it in cupboards or refrigerators or whatever else. But a pantry, a food pantry, is where anybody that needs food, that needs help, can go and will help you. And so this is going to a pantry for everybody. So everybody has the food that they need. Now, I've asked the whole congregation and you to see if we can collect some food. And so there might be some food out there. If you have food out there, would you raise your hand? All right, I see lots of hands, so I'm gonna need lots of helpers. Would you all stand up, and wherever you see someone raising their hand, help bring their food forward, okay? Oh, yep. Yeah. She's right there? <laughs> Good job. Leave it here. Good job. Good job. Woo! Heavy. Good job. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Ava. Thank you so much, Anthony. Oh, there's some over there. Thank you, Claire. Well, hi, Cooper. You need to get your forklift license. I said you need your forklift license for all that. Very good. Wow. Look at all this food. Look at all this food. All right, let's get it out of the bags. Let's see what we got. Very good. Just kinda of stack it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Wow. Yeah, tell us what kind of things we have in the bags. What do we think? Crackers and cheese and peanut butter and mustard. Not things you would necessarily put together, but yeah. Oh, got some more there. Alright. Some macaroni and cheese. Wow! Yeah, kind of hard to go hungry with all these things, isn't it? That's mustard. Said that. Yep. There you go. It just keeps coming. Wow! It is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. All right. All right. There you go. All right. Is that it? A few more? Wow. Uh, Put some of that over there too so we spread it out. All right. Now Cooper's going to keep unloading that bag. Can everyone else have a seat again? We're all going to find a seat. We're getting close. Right here. and if they're yeah, give those bags back some people like to keep them can I have those, Lily? ah, good job alright this is way more food than we had at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. that's a lot of food that's a lot of food now where did this come from? where did all this food come from? It came from some of our own pantries, Some of it we bought at the store, right?: Yeah. People make it and people sell it, and people buy it, and people share it. This comes from people, doesn't it? In today's story, Jesus is talking about love. And Jesus is talking about a love for all people, no matter what. So I know some of you donated a whole lot here. Did anybody donate some of their favorite stuff? What's some, what's some of your favorite stuff? I like peanut butter. Peanut butter? And jelly. Oh, princess soup. And unicorn macaroni and cheese. That's awesome. Mac and cheese? Mayonnaise? Mac and cheese? Yeah. It's a really special thing to take the things that you are your favorites and say, I want to share them. Now, even though we've done a whole lot of good sharing in the congregation and here, is there ever times when you have a hard time sharing? Yeah, yeah me too. Sometimes when I have french fries on my plate and Kristen wants to have one, I don't want to share them. <laughs> I have a hard time sharing. I have a hard time sharing. It happens to everybody. But here's the cool thing about the story for today. If we are super good at this in one moment, and if we're super bad at this in the other moment, no matter what, God will never, ever, ever stop being with us, and stop loving us, and stop sharing with us, and stop teaching us these things too. God loves you deeply and wholly more than any food we can collect and more than anything we can do. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you enough to feed you when you're hungry. God loves you enough to share with you. God loves you enough to love you even when you're not being the best version of yourself. And God loves you when you are being the best version of yourself. Today's story is all about how much God loves you. And God loves all people. So this week, that's the one thing I want you to remember. That God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Loving God... We're thankful for all the food that you've gathered together for anyone who is hungry. We're thankful for sharing our favorite things and sharing our hard-earned money and sharing everything that we have with the people who have need. We ask that as we try to do these good things and as sometimes it's just too hard for us, that you would stay with us and love us no matter what. Be with all your people across the whole world Love them too, care for them too, and continue to feed the whole world in sharing and in love and in generosity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And we have some food for you, too. A little snack. OK. I know. In the name of Jesus, Amen. These are parables that in the most wonderful way, don't make any sense. They are foolish and they are unwise. These are not things that anyone in these professions or in these positions would do. Now, pastors and preachers over time have bent over backwards to try to make some of these things a little more logical, to make these things make a little more sense. But Jesus goes out of his way to make sure that these parables are not logical. Take the shepherd. Not only does the shepherd leave the 99 to go search for the lost one, but the shepherd leaves them in the wilderness. And every other time you see wilderness in the Gospel of Luke, it is not a wonderful, happy place. It's just temptation and fear and loneliness. It's wilderness. And so already the shepherd is not being very good at being a shepherd. And this doesn't make sense because when the shepherd comes back, He has a party. He has a party instead of aggravation for this one that's gone away. He has a party and rejoices for this one. He has a party over one versus a party for 99. None of this makes sense. Take the woman and the coin. We don't know how much the coin costs. We have guesses, but we don't know how much the coin is worth. All we do know is that the woman tears her house apart until she can find it. And upon finding it, invites friends and invites family, invites neighbors over, and has a celebration. And after you invite everybody over and probably feed them a little something and take all that time to do it, you've most likely spent more than the coin is worth. These stories, in the best way possible, make no sense. Jesus is telling a parable. Jesus is telling a parable in the context of Pharisees and scribes saying, hey, there's a bunch of people trying to do this and do this well, and you're paying them no attention. You're just hanging out with the known sinners and the tax collectors, and they're not even trying. In fact, they're trying to do the opposite of many things that God requires. And Jesus not only defends this action, but Jesus says in these parables that this is the way that the kingdom of heaven is structured. This is the way that God lives. That God will simply be with the ones who aren't getting it for the sake of the ones who aren't getting it. This makes no sense. This makes no sense because we just heard for weeks on end the incredible weight and expectation in the Gospel of Luke for all people who want to call themselves disciples of Christ. We heard about loving your enemies, and we heard about loving and giving everything you have away. We heard about turning away from everything we love in life simply to follow the cross. And then here is Jesus in the very same Gospel, just a few chapters away, saying... That there is love of God for the ones who are not doing it, for the ones who are not getting it, for the ones who simply are not following these things. The sinners. This is good. This is great. Because this is us. I don't know about you, but but after each sermon lately, I feel like I have been run over by a truck. There's just this weight and expectation in the kingdom of God to do so much and to be so much and to have so much emphasis on this stuff where our whole lives are transformed and it's good and right and true and yet, I am just nowhere near this. I am just nowhere near some of these expectations And so when Jesus walks up to these sinners and these tax collectors and eats with them and breaks bread with them and not only does that but defends them. Defends them from the ones that say they're not worth it. I see Jesus walking up to me and to you. To the ones who can't seem to get ourselves to do this that can't seem to get ourselves to understand this and saying not only are you worth my time and my energy and my effort but I will defend at every cost my being here with you. You are loved deeply. You are loved deeply by this triune God. And God knows the height and the depth of the sin that you hold. It's a miraculous thing, isn't it? The way that we begin worship I mean, the way that we begin worship is not by saying we are worthy of being here, but it's by saying fully, publicly, that there are things we have done and there are things that we have left undone that flatly leave us only as sinners. And then God, in God's miraculous motion, says, let the worship begin because I am always going to be with the sinners I am always going to be with the task collectors I am always going to be with the ones who don't get it even as I lay out expectation for the world to change on behalf of the poor and the needy and the oppressed I will still be there with all people who struggle I don't know about you but there's a part of my brain that when I hear things like this, that God loves me, that God cares for me, that God will never leave me, there's a part of my brain that starts doing what the Pharisees and the scribes do. That starts saying, well, this isn't quite right. This isn't quite true. This isn't logistic. This doesn't make sense. This isn't logical. And then this, this, these parables come up to my purely logical brain and say, you're right, it's not logical. This doesn't make sense. And yet, that's how the kingdom of God is. It does not make sense that God would love the ones who don't follow the way of the kingdom of God. Yet, that's the way it is. It doesn't make sense that God would love the ones who have a hard time following. Yet, that's the way it is. It doesn't make sense that there would be mercy and mercy abundant. Mercy without end for you and me and for all people but that's the way it is. There is love and there's mercy and there's grace. Here in a few minutes we'll receive communion and the God of heaven and earth will come down and make a table for us and break bread, the body of Christ, and pour wine, the blood of Christ, for you and for me, yes, for all people, but for each and every person to announce, this is my body, and I give it to you. This is my blood, and I shed it for you. This is all of God, and it is a good, good price to pay for you. God loves us. More than that, God loves you. And there's no logic and there's no wisdom and there's no way of the world or there's no sin or there's no anything that can ever separate us from this. It's tempting for me here at the end of the sermon to say, so this week remember that God loves not only you but all of humanity and work out that love somehow. But I think now is about resting in this. So this week, I just want you to remember that you are loved. That you are valued by God. That God stands up and defends you when people say you're not worth it, that God stands up and defends you when you say you're not worth it, that God stands up and defends you against all people that would say you're unloved you are loved, you are loved, you are loved God be with you this week if you feel like a lost sheep God be with you this week if you feel like you are unworthy God be with you this week no matter what. For you are loved. God be with you. Amen.